BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. I'm Lauren Elizabeth, and today I am joined for our current mood combo with Leah McSweeney from the Real Housewives of New York City. She's also a fashion industry pioneer, entrepreneur, and mom. And in her new book, Leah McSweeney breaks through the chaos of battling addiction, igniting the streetwear world, and disrupting reality television, all while being unapologetically unrelentingly herself so we are going to talk to leah about her new book chaos theory we're going to talk about her younger years her older years and also being in the public eye but really just talking about mental health and sharing it online being a mom just all the changes you go through and a little bit of bravo if you're into that sort of thing but before we dive in let's jump into best mood and worst mood of the week so my best mood of the week is i truly feel like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders like we always talk about these like transitional phases and change and like although like I've been in one for a very long time and I'm obviously still kind of in one I feel like a obviously I've trusted the process I've been very patient I always say that like I'm being led God has a plan for me and so I've been doing a really good job like especially as of late just kind of like not freaking out about all of the decisions I have to make and the changes I have to make in regards to like, where do I want to live? What do I want to do with my life? Just like classic adult things that we all go through. And so I've been kind of like, obviously they're like in my head and on my mind, like in my chest with anxiety sometimes, but I've really just kind of like trusted and just taken everything one step at a time. But obviously there comes a time where like you do have to make decisions, right? And I feel like I made some decisions after feeling like I was being led and really just feeling like the timing was presented to me and for me instead of like making this like crazy decision whatever about like where I want to live all that stuff like I just said and I truly feel like a weight has just been lifted off my shoulders now that I kind of know a little bit more information like it's like a I feel like I can breathe and like relax and it's not this kind of like impending doom of like oh you're gonna have to make a decision soon like the decision's just over and also just kind of like speaking my truth and how I feel like all that kind of stuff whether it's to friends and family relationships whatever it is like I feel like as women we don't want to kind of cause a ruckus and be a burden and 
like interrupt anyone's lives, make anyone unhappy. Like we want to be nice and we want to be people pleasers sometimes. And so I feel like just like speaking my mind and like putting myself first and then like making decisions, the weight has been lifted off my shoulders. And it's just such a nice feeling knowing that like I don't have these like things in the back of my head that I have to decide about being an adult. You know, it's like obviously you have to be patient and you don't want to make like rash irrational decisions. But once you do like just confidently decide and I think the reason I was so able to confidently decide kind of like the next like little bit of chapter of my life is because I was patient and I did trust you know my higher power and kind of like experience things and take things one step at a time I wasn't too hard on myself I didn't put pressure on myself like it wasn't like that right but it's still it still kind of bottles up and it's still kind of you know is pent up inside so weight lifted off shoulders I promise you as much as like all of these things in your head, all of these decisions, all of these responsibilities, whatever it is, I promise you that like, even if the decision is hard and even if the decision is scary and even if what you have to do requires change and is just anxiety inducing, doing it and executing it, like getting that weight lifted off your shoulders, like literally the physical anxiety lifted off your chest is such a freaking best mood that even though it's scary, it's going to be worth it. And I did see a lot of like stuff this week too, which was interesting too, is like usually like change comes from a place of like you lose something or things are different and it's scary, but like all good things come out of bad things. And not necessarily that anything was bad in my life currently. (laughs) It has been in the past. Um, But I'm just, I think it's just a reminder that although like change is scary and like making decisions that require transition and, you know, switching things up, all really great things come out of those scary things. And then my worst mood is that like, obviously it's still fucking emotionally exhausting. Like, you know, I talked to my friends on Friday and I told them my decisions and just kind of my next steps and all the things that have been stressing me out and what I'm going to do next. And they were like, well, this is all great. Like you don't seem like excited or like happy. And I was just like, I'm exhausted. Like I'm just emotionally exhausted because even though it's all like, you know, change can be good. And I did everything that I just explained in my best mood. It's still, like I said, has been pent up, right? It's been inside my body, inside my mind. And so it's kind of like almost like this release of all this like energy and pent up emotion and everything. So it's still like kind of takes a toll on your mind and body, even though it's a good thing. It's still just like tiring because it's not like, oh, I just made a snap decision. Like this has all been kind of boiling to the surface for a long time. And now that it's released, it's like very exhausting for the mind and body. And so I was still happy and it was still a best mood, but I was definitely very, very tired And that's what happens when we let things build up. And, you know, even though we take good care of ourselves in the meantime, like, you know, our emotions still really are physical and affect our bodies. And it just kind of is almost like that numbing feeling of like, okay, I've like had all of these emotions and all of these moods. And now I'm just like, blah, like, blah. But I still ended up having a great time with my friends and having a good weekend and feeling confident, but, you know, making the decision. And I'm not saying like I haven't like second guessed myself or like had little moments of anxiety with it. It's just more so that since the weight is lifted, that's the best mood I took from it. Not that I'm like, oh my God, jumping up and down, happy go lucky. Everything's worked out. Like transition and change is still fucking scary, but having that weight lifted off, at least knowing you're making a decision, it doesn't mean I'm making the right decision because there is no right and wrong, right? It's, it's just action. And 
then the next right action and the next right action. And so, yes, I was a little bit emotionally exhausted. It was tough. It was a lot to kind of like take in realizing that I had to kind of like make decisions for my personal life about where I want to live, what I want to do, blah, blah, blah. You know, being in your 20s is freaking hard, but finding the best mood in it, you guys, is worth it. And of course, if you're having trouble finding your best mood in it, that's when you turn to your mood boosters. You want to boost your mood. Before we talk about mood boosters, let's talk about a consistent mood booster. It's fine jewelry. And I'm sorry, like, I'm not going to change who I am. I've, like, definitely changed a lot about, like, what I value. But, like, jewelry is, like, always going to be something I value. Okay. Majuri makes fine jewelry for every day, if you didn't know. And why I love them so much is they have new limited edition drops every Monday instead of seasonal releases, like more traditional retailers, which means that there's always new things for me to look at and there's always money for me to spend and then have to, um like pay off my credit card okay anyway it's not that stressful though you guys because it's minus the traditional 10 times markup i was just being silly nilly fresh new picks at fair prices every week for every style their pieces are fairly priced they're handcrafted they're ethically sourced and made to last i'm serious you guys they have something for every budget and everyone including women's men's and unisex pieces and honestly it just goes without saying that fine jewelry is for everyone they're 14 solid gold staples don't wear out or scratch easily because 14 karat is actually much more durable than 18 karat gold and you guys know that i hate taking my jewelry off i'm just lazy i want to sweat i want to shower and so that's why they're perfect gifts for people like me who don't want to take it off and just anyone with an active lifestyle they also have freshwater pearls which by the way always come back in season in spring and summer so with your little bikini get your freshwater pearls and you're gonna want to go in the pool so you're gonna want it to not like be crappy jewelry okay and of course they're responsibly sourced diamonds and they have milestone pieces as well for if you're going through a milestone you guys there's no excuse for every day every occasion just because birthdays a new job engagement mostly just because for me if you need help deciding what to give try virtual shopping live chat with majority stylist one-on-one for any questions you might have like what's my style what's a good piece for my lifestyle how does a piece work with something i already have they got you so visit majority.com and you code mood for 10% off your first order that's majuri.com code mood for 10% off your first order so I know I talked a little bit about this last week but one of my mood boosters is the Peloton because I'm being consistent with it so I've done it a few times and I have to say like last week I talked to you guys about it I'm pretty sure and it was just like my first ride and I was like ooh, fun yeah um but now like it's kind of just like a fun thing that I like to add in throughout the week and I don't do anything like crazy with it but it really the reason I love it is because obviously it's like challenging it's fun but it makes me sweat so much and I feel like sometimes you just have to like switch up your workouts because if things are repetitive like having a consistent routine is great the routine is working out that doesn't mean you do have to do the same thing within your workout every single time right so I think switching it up is really good for your brain it like requires like a different type of focus because you're trying something new and I really like the Peloton because of the music and just kind of like the interactiveness of the screen at first I wasn't really sure if I liked the interactiveness of the screen I'm, I still kind of think I like SoulCycle a little bit better but being able to just like walk down to the gym and sweat that much is such a freaking mood booster because especially like on a Monday after you've just had like a wild weekend and you just feel like you're sweating out every single thing you did as a feral rat over the weekend hey it's like it's the season guys you gotta do what you gotta do and it's called balance so that and then also I realized last night that one of my mood boosters has been this like clean apartment vibe but in a sense because you guys know I'm a clean freak like I, I hate having things and mess and whatever because there's so much 
chaos in my brain. I, I can't have chaos physically around me. It needs to be clean and pretty. And also the action of cleaning is like really good for my mental health. But I noticed that like I had people over, I told you guys a few weeks ago that I had them over, the girls, and I like hosted and I had, you know, my apartment decorated and everything. And when I did that, I wanted it to be like, that's when I get like super OCD and like super, oh my God, I want everything to look perfect and I want to be a great host and blah, blah, blah. And it's whatever. It's fun to do. And it's also fun for the girls. And I cleaned off like all my counters and kind of just like put everything away. And I just forget how much I love a freaking clean countertop. It is a mood booster. I was going to bed last night and I was like, what looks different? Like what feels like I just had this feeling of mood boostness. And I realized it's because all my countertops are so clean. It's like I put everything away. So my tip for you this week is to like look at your countertops like in your kitchen in like your kitchen island, your bathroom, like all that stuff. Like I, I will say my bathroom, the counters are not clean right now and I hate it. Like I literally hate it. I look at it. I think about how I hate it and then I don't do anything about it right now because I don't feel like it. So that's why I think that this is our sign to like clean off your motherfucking countertops trust me okay whether you need to toss things in the garbage figure out a new organizational system or if you know what for now shove it in the pantry shove it in the cupboard what's a fucking cupboard I'm just telling you when you look around and you see these clean countertops like I'm looking at them right now and it's just like oh my god it's like look at her like is she Martha Stewart is she Oprah or is she just a girl with anxiety and put things in the what the fuck is it called not a drawer, a cabinet, a cabinet. My next mood booster is incense. <laughs> so I'm laughing because I just, I, I made a little flub, but we edited it out because we can't have that on the pod. Okay. The incense that I like, I just got this in, no, I didn't. I got it back when I was in California, but for some reason I was looking, I was like, oh, like maybe I'll light some. And I guess I didn't open this one, but I thought I did, but it, I had to cut it off. Oh, maybe it came with two packs. Hmm. Okay. Whatever. So it smells amazing. It is one of my favorite candle companies and it's called p.f.candleco. I will link it on the at mood with Lauren Elizabeth Instagram. And this is my favorite scent by them. I have like their car diffuser. I have this candle and what by have, I mean like I have had because I don't own those things right now because I just burned through them or use them. This is number four teakwood and tobacco. Oh my God, you guys, this is the sexiest motherfucking scent in the world. And like the thing you get with this and not the candle is that like smokiness because it's like the stick is burning you know so like it's kind of like smoky you know um wow I literally was so motherfucking mood boosted with it on my clean countertops my clean apartment I was getting in bed last night and it was almost out and so I lit another one in my bedroom because I was like ooh, like yeah like cool whatever okay that was great and um so the other thing I did is if you don't have um an incense holder this is my little hack for you because I don't know where mine went and also like we like clean countertops right and so I'm pretty sure like my incense hold or maybe I actually do know where it is I think it's in that drawer but I I took it off the countertop because like I hate things on countertops right so before this podcast I didn't have the revelation that it was in the drawer and I have like an almost empty candle so like obviously there's still some wax on it and I honestly think this is more genius than an incense holder because I stuck the incense and I feel like someone's gonna DM me and be like this is gonna cause a fire well we've been there done that but let me know I mean I feel like it doesn't because like the wick burns inside the candle whatever so you stick it in the wax okay 
and then you light it and it burns down and it all drops down into your like candle thingy like the the actual glass of the candle and it's like the candle's almost out and I don't really like burning the end of candles anymore ever since I almost burned my apartment down so I was like wow this is a fabulous way to reuse like the end of a candle and if it's like a cute candle then it's like sitting on your countertop and it looks cute and you can put incense in it and I hate when incense causes a mess I also have like a mini vacuum and by mini I mean like the size of like a coffee cup to like clean off countertops wow this is a really countertop heavy episode I will link the vacuum as well on Instagram because I really think that you guys um, will enjoy this as much as I do I cleaned the incense up off the countertop one time with it and by one time I mean yesterday a little bit because I touched it and it got everywhere and then I blow dried my hair and um I'm a disgusting human being so I used it in the bathroom countertop to just get all the hair off I was like I don't want to wipe it I just want to like okay and my last mood booster is that it is May which means it is mental health awareness month and mental health awareness month is obviously something near and dear to my heart and obviously if you listen to this podcast I'm sure you relate as well and it's all about breaking the stigma and raising awareness for obviously people with mental health this is not an ad Um, it's just obviously we talk about mental health at least once a week and so it doesn't really feel like a hell of a lot different but I do really think it's incredible always to see other people coming out in support of mental health awareness month brands donating to funds for mental health awareness just every, like right like literally just seeing the awareness on instagram not just from like our community and other people with similar communities is absolutely incredible so we will be doing just kind of little things on instagram for mental health awareness month okay so One of the things we are going to be doing is actually on this podcast, we are going to do our first ever book club and we are reading The Anatomy of Anxiety by Ellen Vora, MD. She's actually coming on the podcast at the end of the month as well. And what is so freaking crazy, because I thought of this idea after I recorded this episode, after I recorded this current mood convo and I was sitting like a few days ago and I was like, oh, Leah McSweeney recommended me this book called The Anatomy of Anxiety. You'll hear her talk about it. And I was like, maybe we should do that like for a book club for mood because like I want to read it anyway if it's like really that good. I literally Google, I don't know how I realized it. I think I'm pretty sure I Googled it and I saw the author and I was like, wait a second, she's coming on the podcast in May. Like it was just literally I wish I could take credit for planning this so beautifully of like, oh my God, I planned this a month ago. I got the author on. So like I didn't exactly do that, Um, but God had a plan and it was for us to read this book. And so it's just, it's all like so like crazy. Like Leah talked about it, then I remembered it, then I realized she was coming on the podcast. So I'm really excited about it because we've never really done a legitimate book club And I will link it on Instagram as well, just in case you're in the car and you don't remember. But if Leah liked it, if it was meant to be, I really think we're all going to like it. And I just love that we're doing something as a community. So that's a mood booster for me as well. And also, we will be dropping merch in May for Mental Health Awareness Month. It is coming soon. I will be teasing it on Instagram. It's my favorite drop yet. I think you guys are going to fucking love it. I'm not going to lie. So you know what? May, break the stigma, baby. Go to therapy. You got this. Okay, if you get breakouts, you've probably tried a lot of treatments that haven't made the difference you're looking for. You may not want to take antibiotics, and you're probably disappointed with harsh teenage products. And finally, there's Glad Skin, a solution that supports healthy, balanced skin. You guys know I'm always struggling with acne and keeping it clear. I've definitely had worse acne in the past, so keeping it clear, because I don't want to go back to that place, is important. But I, st- I still do get blemishes, and let me tell you, 
It's not a mood booster. GladSkin is a new category of skin blemish treatment that works differently than any plant-based or drug-based products you've tried before because it's based on the nature of healthy skin. And inflammatory blemishes and acne-prone skin are caused by an imbalance in the skin microbiome. So this is kind of like up our mood boosty wellness alley, okay? They developed a revolutionary protein called Microbalance to restore the natural balance of the good and bad bacteria on the skin. And so their blemish gel works without harsh ingredients and is gentle from day one. Their products have been helping people in Europe for years and are now available in the U.S. Plus there's a 60 day guarantee. And if you didn't know, like everything in Europe is like always better. Like they just like know things, especially ingredients. So (laughs) just saying. Right now, Gladskin is offering my listeners 15% off plus free shipping on your first order at gladskin.com slash mood. That's gladskin.com slash mood for 15% off plus free shipping, gladskin.com slash mood. Okay, you guys, let's just have a quick casual girl chat with our girl, Leah McSweeney, one of my favorite Real Housewives and just real human fucking beings. So welcome, Leah. Usually, you know, people are very open about mental health and kind of like a more self-care way and so I definitely vibe and appreciate more of your like being extremely open with your mental health ups and downs yeah because people try to make it look pretty or something because you know if you talk about it on Instagram or it's hard to be real about shit sometimes you know and who wants to let people know that they're like suffering like obviously some people do that in like an an annoying way too because you can tell they're just like seeking attention but like no one wants to like I'm worried I'm wor- I worry that people will judge me or be like oh maybe like she can't handle this or she she like you know we can't give her this job because she's like fragile and she's going to fall apart like but then I'm like you know what other people are going through this too you know they just aren't talking about it and probably feel ashamed to talk about it and there's no way that we're actually going to break the stigma around mental health unless we talk about it in a more real way a hundred percent I mean have you found that obviously by sharing stuff on the show that you know there's obviously going to be so many people talking with opinions because it's such a big platform but did you at least find that a lot of people were able to connect with that part of your quote-unquote character on the show yeah yeah that was actually kind of like one of the best parts about being on the show is that people are like I totally identify with you like you're like my spirit animal or like you know that kind of stuff like I deal with depression also or like when I drink I go crazy you know or people that are sober that's like the best part I mean that was obviously why you were everyone's favorite like (laughs) newcomer ever it was just like the biggest breath of fresh air and now you just released your first book called chaos theory and is there like a you know I've only been able to go through some of it but is there like a definition of chaos theory by you well there's an you know there's the technological like scientific term of you know there being like order in disorder you know Mm. and I just connected it to my life in a way you know like the butterfly effects, right? Like a butterfly, the flap of a butterfly's wing can like cause a hurricane. Like that's, you know, that's one of the chapters in the book too. It's just like this one little decision or like moment that you didn't see coming changes your path completely. Was that what it was like for you when you figured out you were pregnant in your twenties? Was that planned or no? No, that was not planned at all. Um, I always wanted kids and I always wanted to be a mom. Like ever since I was like little, I wanted to be a mom, even though I was like deathly scared of like having childbirth because my mom had some weird childbirth book in our house with like 
really graphic photos. Um, and I remember being like, ow, how am I going to do that? You know, but um, I always wanted to be a mom, but I definitely was not re- like planning that at all. I'm pretty sure Kier was conceived during fashion week. Uh, when I was like very intoxicated, like at this Colette party afterwards with Rob, but obviously with Rob, <laughs> but I think with Rob, <laughs> no, maybe, <laughs> probably, most likely Rob. They do look alike, um, <laughs> and but it was like obviously the best. Like thank you universe. Like thank you me having unprotected sex. Like what would my life be without? cure like it would be pointless like that's how I feel you know and being a mom has changed me for the better for sure well isn't it so interesting that like we try so hard to be perfect and then the things we fuck up ultimately turn out to be either the biggest lessons or the biggest blessings like truly exactly that's that's exactly kind of what the book is about I mean I talk also about me getting thrown out of my house like my parents not letting me come back and me seeing that as a negative thing for so many years and like holding Mm -hmm. it against them and just feeling I still have like really crazy dreams where like I don't have a place to live and I'm like going from but anyway it's like deep in my inner psyche but but it was such a good thing because first of all it probably saved my life it put me on a path that led me back to New York City and which is where I met Rob so was the show helpful in a way for all of your relationships like with your mom with Rob or were was the healing kind of already happening you know in your t- late 20s early 30s it's funny that you asked that I think when I got sober and when I was 27 the healing started but it wasn't I mean there was still many years where me and my mom were battling you know like Big time. Like, I stopped going there for Christmas. I stopped celebrating Christmas. I would, like, take my daughter and go to Jamaica alone because, like, the holidays were too stressful. I'm obviously Jewish now, so it makes perfect sense that I never... I didn't even want to celebrate Christmas at all. But the show. The show and my grandmother dying, I think, the last Mm. couple years. Um, And also seeing, like, my behavior, like, being able to watch myself on TV and, like, watch my interactions with my mom. Not like she's always, like you know, the best to me, but like, she's like got her own stuff, but my grandmother dying and like seeing, you know, and in the book I talk about the last time I saw my grandmother was, um, my, I walked into her bedroom and my mom was in the bedroom and my mom was crying saying, I don't want to live without you. Like, I don't want you to go. And I was like, Oh my God. Like, and then I held my mom and my grandmother was like, you have Leah. Like now you have to be the matriarch, you know, Ruby, shh. That's when I was like, you know, now my grandmother's gone. The, the thing my grandmother wanted most was me and my mother to get along. Um, my dog is crazy. You're fine. So I'm committed to like, me and my mom have been getting along great. She even came to LA with me when I had to go to Barnes and Nobles. We went to Runyon and we walked and we talked about my grandmother and like had a moment and cried. And we're both grieving her still, you know, and like we have that in common and it kind of, that pain kind of has brought us closer together. Yeah, definitely. I think that like, when I was reading some of your stuff too, I was just like, how does someone tangibly take tips and tricks away from this of like, well, go on a reality show and like, maybe that'll fix your relationship with your mom. (laughs) (laughs) If you let it, it can. Not everyone's going to, you know, do it. And I mean, obviously some of the women's lives like blow up in their faces, you know, I think that if you have good intentions and you're like a self-reflective person, like, 
you can watch it and use it to better yourself, even though it's a stressful job. But you can try to get that out of it if you let it. Yeah, I mean, I literally can't imagine. I feel like at least with the book, you had kind of control of how you are telling your story. So was that process for you? I mean, I can't even imagine like fitting your entire life into this book. I know. Like between like the emotional and then just actually having control and power of telling your story. Like what was that process of getting it all on paper for you? So I, I've been saying this a lot because people, people don't realize that like there are a lot of stories I didn't put in there. Cause like, hmm not everything is for public consumption. You know what I mean? And some things I have to keep to myself. And, um, you know, I, I've talked before openly, like on my podcast that I used to have, like about like my sexual assault. I didn't, I chose not to put it in the book because I did not want it to be a headline in the press. Like mm-hmm. I just did not. And I knew it was going to be. And I just was like, I don't need to put that in the book. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't important enough. It wasn't like, it didn't like deserve it, you know? Totally. Um, and there's other stuff, but it's like, I also, and, and there's a lot of obviously drug stories and war stories, you know what I mean? I, but I didn't want to like glamorize doing drugs and like that lifestyle that I had. I wanted to try to be reflective and talk about what I learned from, you know, that, that experience. Um, but it's definitely, yeah. I mean, I, I, always I keep saying I want to the next book I want to write is just going to take place between like 1996 and 2000 maybe like 2001 and the ending will be like 9-11 and like the beginning will be like my first rave or something and it'll just be the drug stories (laughs) oh my god um because that would be a killer fucking movie I swear to god um but yeah it's like it's an emotional process too it's emotional Way more emotional than I expected. Yeah, I feel like – I don't know why whenever I – I always praise people when they, like, summarize their childhood and all that stuff so well because I feel like when you go through trauma, your body, like, in brain just protect you from it yeah. so that you can survive as an adult. Yeah. And then I read other people's and I'm like, how did they, like, remember all of this? Like, put pen to paper? Yeah. And it's crazy. I mean, it's probably why I'm – searching for new antidepressants (laughs) (laughs) writing the book pretty much it was kind of like a rebirth it was kind of like an awakening and I think like the closer I got to like the launch the more anxiety Mm. I felt because I was like oh my god now I'm putting all of this out there like no one like the public didn't know I had like a crystal meth addiction you know what I mean like the public didn't know like that cure was unexpected, you know, like there's a lot in there that's still very personal that people could judge me on and no one likes being judged. I mean, I'm used to it now at this point being on the show. Yeah. I think the closer I got, the more I was like, Oh my God. Need more I mean, I will say it was like so annoying. Cause I was just trying to like Google things about the book and you're right. Every headline is like, Leah thinks she could have died from an overdose. And I'm like, <laughs> It's so, okay. No, can you like give me like something else? I know it's so um, you know salacious. It's everything is so clickbaity. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, let's talk about mental health, not crystal meth. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be the um, title of this podcast. Don't oh, worry, no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
but I do, I just, I find it so inspiring that you're able to kind of like admit your dark moments and like also kind of still admit that you're struggling because a lot of times when someone's finished writing a book and like coming up all this success, it's like, okay, like story's over. I'm perfect now. Yeah, no, I'm like, I'm still fucked up. This isn't a victory lap. You know, it's really funny because when I went on the morning toast, um, Claudia asked me like what the recent, most recent book I read was. And I told her I read um, The Anatomy of Anxiety. And she's like, whoa, dark. And I'm like, no, that's not dark. Like what? Like, it's so cool. It's so helpful. I'm like, I have so many like self-help books, you know, like not that I've read all of them. Um, And I do tend to think that a lot of like self-help gurus are like totally full of shit but this woman is a doctor and she's incredible Mm. but you know there's so many people out there that are like motivational speakers and shit you're just like this is just a gimmick well I do feel like you have like good nuggets in the book though like yeah just like little like lines and kind of like acceptance and stuff and I definitely see like a lot of the 12-step program like reflected in a lot of it too which I just think is I don't know I feel like any way someone can consume that information somehow. I just think it's like, I, I think it should be a required program for human same, beings, but same. It would be, everyone would be so much like happier. It like, yeah. If people just knew like how to find their part in a resentment and make amends. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm doing my first <laughs> step right now. It's funny that you talk about oof, that. Woof. Quick break to talk to you guys about better help. This podcast is sponsored by better help. People don't always realize that physical symptoms like headaches, teeth grinding, and even digestive issues can be indicators of stress. And let's not forget about doom scrolling, sleeping too little, sleeping too much, under eating, and overeating. You guys know I'm a stressor, and it can be a daily thing. And when it affects me physically, that's the worst. That's the worst. Like, I literally hate it. I bite my cheeks. I pick my nails. I pick my lips. And that's just a couple things. You know what I mean? But... Being able to take care of my stress and anxiety with other tools helps with that because stress shows up in all kinds of ways and in a world that's telling you to do more and sleep less and just like grind all the time, here's your reminder to take care of yourself, do less, and maybe try some therapy like me. I wouldn't be able to survive without therapy, like legitimately. I don't even want to know where I would be. It's the best part of my week every week and I cannot recommend it enough and I won't stop. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, so give it a try and see if online therapy can help lower your stress. Mood listeners also get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com mood. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash mood back to the podcast. Well, you also just converted to Judaism. I mean, tell me about that because we talk a lot about faith and spirituality on the podcast. And I think it's, I don't know, maybe in today's climate, like weird to talk about religion for some people. And I love how you've just like been so open with your journey and especially like later in life converting. It's not as common, obviously, because people usually lose touch with that. So what was your like journey with that? So my journey, which I do detail in the book as well, um, you know, I've always kind of, even when I was a teenager and I was taking acid and doing all sorts of other things, I felt connected to something else. Like, because obviously Mm -hmm. there's a lot of, you know, people use psychedelics to get in touch with that whatever part of your brain or universe. And so I 
and you know, I, I grew up going to Catholic school and I liked the idea of God. I believed in God. I never had a problem with God. I wasn't like a traumatized Catholic person, you know, I just mm. didn't believe the Jesus part of it. Like ever. I was like, okay, God, I believe, but like, I just don't believe in like this other part that I'm learning. And I remember trying to like ask my mom and like her best friend, who's a priest, like, how do you guys know? How do you guys like know for sure that this is it, that you're right? And they're like, oh, of course, it, that's that's what it is. And I'm like, no one can ever be sure. And the part about Judaism that I love is that I'm allowed to still feel like some days I'm like, is there a God? I don't know. Maybe there isn't. Mm-hmm. And like, that's allowed in Judaism, or at least my rabbi said so, you know, because I question <laughs> everything. And um, some days I'm like, you know, what is the meaning of all of this? And then when I'm in a better spiritual place, like I feel very connected and, you know, I, it's just like, I can't, it's too depressing to think that there isn't a God. And I'm not even saying that there's an afterlife because I don't really believe in an afterlife, but like it would be too, there's, there's so much pain and suffering in this world. There has to be like something bigger than us, you know, there has to be. And it just, you know, I think, I think praying and it's, even if it's, even if I'm, even if, there is no God praying and believing that there is one is just an easier way. So like totally. So who cares? You know? So when you converted, um, does your daughter still celebrate Christmas or does she do Shabbat with you now? She, yeah, she, Oh my God. You know what? She invited three friends, three of her friends over for pass, uh, for Passover. And I had the Seder and it was like so cool and it was such a special night and I loved it, you know, and me and Kiki, we've been going to Jamaica for Christmas every year for the last like 10 years or something. So, you know, this year I didn't have a Christmas tree, but only because like, I just didn't feel like doing one, but (laughs) I think I'm still going to do a Christmas tree for her. And like, I spoke to my rabbi about it. Like, the thing is, like, he wasn't worried about my daughter not being Jewish. It's more like if a parent, if a child was um, converting and the parent wasn't. Because then how is the parent oh. going to raise the child, you know? But my daughter's on her own path. And I don't know where spiritually she's going to, you know. I think she believes in God and stuff. And I think she respects me, you know, converting. And she knows that I put a lot of work into it and everything. Um so she's cool with it. She's good. She's a good kid. How is she cool with the book as well? Oh yeah. I mean, she's just like, you know what? She doesn't even think twice about the show or the book or whatever. She's just like, you're my mom and that's it. And that's cool. Yeah. I feel like I would be like that, which is funny by the way. My mom's name is Kiki. No way. And so whenever you say Kiki, I'm like, wait, hold on. That's so funny. I love that. And it's like the opposite because my Kiki is my mom that had me in her young 20s. And then your Kiki is your daughter from your young 20s. I love that. Yeah. And I'm like trying to think. I'm like, if my mom wrote all this stuff in a book, the best is that I don't believe her about anything. I'm like, oh, yeah, it wasn't a mistake. Sure, Kiki. (laughs) So like at least like you put it all out there and she believes you. Yeah, I read I read Kiki my that part in the book where I talk about how it was unexpected. I read it out loud to her and then she like hugged me, you know, because obviously yeah. she, it's not like she feels like she's unwanted or was you know anything <laughs> like that. Like we worship her, you know. She's like our queen, pretty much. Um, that's funny though. That your mom's name is Kiki. That's yeah, cool. you have to you have to tell her. I always say 
Selena Gomez was kind of an accident. Justin Bieber was kind of an accident. <laughs> I was kind of an accident. Like, and look at us go. And now Kiki. I mean, I mean so like, Kiki's in the cool kids she's club. She's in the cool kid club, for sure. You're just, like, paving the way. Absolutely. And, I mean, now that you've learned from all this stuff, at least she can read about it and Not be me. like, maybe I shouldn't do that. I think she is like that. Because I, even, yeah. even, like, my problematic personality traits – She's like, likes to remind me that she's not me. She's, she, she is the best qualities of me and her dad. I mean, obviously I'm her parents. So I'm like, she's perfect, but um, yeah. actually, well, I mean, perfect. not every parents are good parents, but I think you've done an incredible Thank job. You. And Thank I you. think I love just the transparency you have with like your real life and your online life, because a lot of times you can meet someone and they can be like totally not the person that is presented to the internet, obviously. Right. And it's kind of freaky. I mean, there's obviously a lot going on in Bravo right now. New shows, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm assuming you want to go back. Yeah. For sure. And I'm curious from you, because, like, you're more of a new Bravo celebrity. Like, what do you hope to see just more, like, online with like celebrities and creators and then also like on bravo Mm, i mean online i'm still over online like i'd like to see like every social media platform like combust and blow up and i don't care on make a lot less money because i make money on instagram obviously youtube but like i really feel like society would be better i feel like it's really kind of ruining civilization like 100 percent. it's pretty bad like we're on our phones so much you know not like i want to go down this rabbit hole because if i do i start freaking out and i'm like i need to just go to a farm and not look at my phone and you know (laughs) just raise here on the old frontier like in the midwest or something and like you know fucking raise animals and shit i don't know i start thinking crazy shit um Online, I don't know, I guess I'd like to see just, like, less, like, photoshopping and filtering and, like, I'd like the Kardashians to be open about their plastic surgery because we deserve to know. Yeah. We do. They're so rich now. They sell all their products based on how they look. I'd love to know. Um, And in terms of Bravo, I think that, I think Bravo does a good job of being Bravo. You know, yeah, and I think that the two shows in for New York is a good idea. And I mean, cool. I'm excited because I feel like that needs to start happening with every city. Because mm. I'm also like a later into Bravo because of Claudia from The Morning Toast. She like has got me into Bravo, <laughs> and so like I don't do OC and stuff. I'm like that's like too much to catch up on. <laughs> They're all really old. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and like then you came on New York. I was like. You know, I can watch this. <laughs> oh, I love that. No, so it worked. Like, it worked really well. But I feel like it's almost, you could say the same thing, too, about mental health. Like, looking at your perfect life on Instagram, this gorgeous pink book cover. But, like, you're being honest about all the stuff it took to got you there. And yeah. that you're not 100% perfect. And that you're allowed to change. Do you feel the pressure to, like, be what society has kind of cast you as from the show and everything and like not change and grow in the public eye then. No, because like that's, I will never be, I will never conform to what people think I should be. I mean, I don't think 
people like I got so much hate about the conversion like and about talking about the conversion like I got hate for like being sober like you know because I changed from season one to season two it's like if you can't like if you can't accept me like when I'm having a rough time then like you don't get to be my fan when I'm killing it yeah so fuck off did you leave the this past season like more confident because you did it sober or were you still like just as nervous to watch it play out and everything no I wasn't like you know it was was good to be able to film sober and stuff but I just didn't like I was not in a great place like at all like I think the Lexapro actually had stopped working during that season and I tried starting another antidepressant during filming and I think maybe like I talked about it but it didn't get picked up like Mm. It would have been cool to like that for that to be a storyline. Yeah, totally. But I don't think they wanted it to be a storyline because they want people to be entertained and maybe they wouldn't be entertained by my depression, you know? But um, now I forgot the question. What did you just ask? No, just like if you felt more confident oh, after more confident. the second yes. season. Yeah. Um, look, I was sober for like 10 years before doing Roni. And I was able to do everything sober, you know? So I don't have an issue with not drinking and filming or anything like that. I mean, it's hard to Yeah, I would just be excited to not have to see myself, like, blacked out. Be like, didn't do that this season, at least. Exactly. You know? Like, pretty cool. (laughs) Pretty uh, pat on the back. Yeah. I didn't, like, you know, try to burn anyone's backyard down. Good job, Leah. Hey, I mean, you got to start start at the bottom to end up on the top. You came in with a bang. It's what made us fall in love with you, and then we've just been rooting for you ever since. Thank you. Before I let you go, what's, like, the most surprising thing that people have been really connecting with, with chaos, chaos theory? Um, I think it's definitely, like, just the addiction and mental health, like, aspect. Like, I don't think people knew the extent of my drug addiction, like, as a teenager and, like, kind of the bottom I had of, like living in like a therapeutic community in a halfway house so I really think it's the addiction aspect and like talking about it in a like more like detailed way well I want everyone to go read it because it is so good where can everyone shop and follow Leah yeah you can follow me on Instagram at Leah Mob. I'm not on Twitter but maybe now that Elon owns it I will I'll be on it (laughs) fair uh and um you can buy chaos theory it's sold everywhere so amazon barnes and nobles like your mom and pop independent bookstore she's big time guys she's big time thank you so much for coming on everyone make sure to go check it out thank you lauren thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of mood i'm lauren elizabeth you can follow me on instagram at lauren elizabeth at mood with lauren elizabeth to boost your mood throughout the week until next time I will talk to you guys later. Bye.